All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another Boca podcast episode. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and it's good to have you here. My apologies for those of you that may have been waiting behind the scenes. We had a few technical difficulties that I think at this point we've worked through crossing my fingers. And um, we're going to be able to jump into this really exciting episode, actually. We're starting a brand new series today. I'll explain that here in just a second. Very quickly, for those of you that are live streaming, youtube.com slash podcast, facebook.com slash podcast, jump into the conversation. Ask questions. You can comment on the conversation at hand. Be part of this today. And I think you'll get more from it. Certainly, our listeners will get more from it. So don't be shy. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio after the fact, I haven't mentioned this here on air yet, but we were actually, as far as I know, the first photography podcast to take video to Spotify. So if you haven't used Spotify to listen to podcasts before, jump over there. The cool thing is you can jump back and forth between audio and video as you want to or need to. And that gives you a lot of flexibility, but really cool what they're doing with podcasts on Spotify. So make sure you check that out. Of course, you can find the Boca podcast everywhere else, any other podcast player imaginable. And then last note here before I explain our new series today, um, as, as always, I just want to encourage you all to look for opportunities to give to your local community, national, international organizations. I made my donation to Charity Water today before we got started. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen this or realized this, but those donations I'm making, it's only $40. It's not a big amount. But based on the, the data that Charity Water has put together, roughly $40 brings somebody who does not have clean drinking water, clean drinking water. It's mind-blowing. All that say, a little bit of money goes a long way. Look for those opportunities as we get into the new year. All right. Now, before I introduce our guest for today, I just want to briefly explain what we're getting ready to do. These new episodes, the series actually of episodes is going to be called Workflow Consultations. We've been running brand position consultations as a part of the Boca podcast for years now. We're going to add workflow consultations to the mix as well. And the cool thing about workflow consultations is it's absolutely relevant to everybody. There may be like 0.5 of the the 0.5% of the population out there um, that have their workflow all dialed in and perfectly figured out. Um, but I'm certainly not in that crowd. I'm still actively working on it. And um, so we are going to dig into how to refine workflow. And we're going to do this all uh, photographers who come on the show who are looking to refine their workflow. They're going to bring a particular challenge or a set of challenges in their workflow that are taking up too much time, causing too much anxiety. I'm going to hear them out, the details of that. And then I'm going to share, first of all, principles, because it's always important to start with principles, but then recommendations as to maybe particular services and or pieces of software that they can use in order to improve the efficiency of their workflow, get more time back in their life for building their business, more time back in their life for the sake of relationships in their life. So that's the goal with these workflow consultations. And on that note, I want to go ahead and introduce my brand new guest for today. Ethan Ryder is here with me. Ethan, thank you for coming and doing the show with me and kind of taking a little bit of a chance too. brand new series. Yeah, this is really awesome. I'm, uh, I'm really stoked to be here and, um, you know, any way, any time that I can talk to another photographer about how they do things mm. and share um, maybe little secrets I have too, I'm always for it. So um, I'd love to hear what you have to say um, with how I my workflow goes, and um, yeah, maybe we can help some other people out too. I hope so. Yeah, in fact, I know so. We've got a really cool community here at the Boca Podcast, and I think you sum up so brilliantly what the show is really about, which is collective conversation that is going to in some form or fashion add value to the life of maybe a couple of photographers, maybe a thousand photographers. Uh, but the cool thing is even little bits and pieces of information can be beneficial if we're willing to apply it. And you're right. It all starts with just having a conversation. I'm likely going to learn something today as well. So um, I'm excited about this series. Thanks for being willing to do this. And just to kind of get our conversation started, I want to give context to our listeners. And as we're doing so, I'm actually going to pull up your website here. So anybody listening in, and uh, you know what? We've got a little problem with my... Okay. So I'm actually on a brand new computer. Speaking of technical difficulties, I'm on, I'm on my uh, a brand new computer and I tried to share my screen just now and it wouldn't let me share my screen. So I'm going to see if it'll let me do this here really quick. Everybody bear with me for just a second. Okay. It's not going to let me do that. For today, anybody listening or watching, just go to writerportraits.com. Oh, man, I thought I had it all dialed in. Writer, R-I-G-H-T-E-R, portraits.com. And uh, we'll be able to share a screen for, for the next episode. And then on Instagram <laughs> as well, writer, portraits, spelled the exact same way. 
Um, Ethan, just introduce briefly your brand, uh, your photography business, and where you're based. Yeah, so um, I'm based in Northern California. I was in the Bay Area for a very long time, uh, but just recently moved an hour uh, east toward um, toward French Camp Manteca Modesto area. So kind of building a little bit more brand out here um, so while I still have clients in the Bay um, and hopefully spreading to both and staying even busier. So um, I've been in business for 10 years, 10 plus years now. Um, I mentored under uh, a gentleman named Vince Terry for a long time who is a, a classic portrait photographer and um, I went to school at uh, Hallmark Institute of Photography, which was like a certificate sort of photography program on the East Coast, which uh, I fell in love with. And I've been working ever since. I love. I don't know what else I would do with my life. Um, I feel like people know me as Ethan the photographer, like when I meet <laughs> new people. So it's been um, it's been a great ride. It's been a tough one. You know, freelancing isn't the easiest thing in the world, but um, you know, time is money. And when it comes to being on the computer and I don't want to say wasting time, that's totally the wrong word, but um, spending more time on the computer than you want to compared to out just shooting the whole time. Um, something I like to make smaller and smaller and smaller. So yeah, with technology these days, I mean, there's so many programs that I found that help out. I don't know about you, um, but uh, yeah. That's, that's one of the cool things about photography and running a photography business in 2021, literally. I've said this multiple times on the podcast before, but we could list and we may do a little bit of this today. We could literally list on a piece of paper, you know, note taking app, whatever it might be, list every single thing that we do in a day, personally and professionally, by the way, and then Google search each one of those things. And we'll likely for 90, 95% of it, find either a service and or a piece of software that will <laughs> help us do that thing or do that thing for us, which is, right. it's incredible. Um, and, and right. I mean, the, you know, the funny side note to that is, of course, we don't really have a lot of excuses, business owners right now, with all the information and the resources available not to make a really great go of this thing. So we need to figure out how to best take advantage of those those tools. It's one thing to understand what tools exist. It's another thing to understand how to apply those tools and then to actually apply them. So we'll talk a bit about that today. Uh, and, and I mean, you talked already about your, your business, the brand, about 10 years in business. Let's let's just kind of get to the nitty gritty that that almost that list that we were just talking about. What does a workday look for you? If you'll just break it down starting in the morning. So uh, a workday that I don't have a photo shoot, um, usually up by six thirty seven, you know, making the coffee, taking a shower, sit down in my office about eight o'clock, just start answering the little emails of parents. I, I have two brands. I have the writer portraits and then I have school kid pics, which is my school photo brand. Um, so I have a ton, not only do I have like, you know, the wedding client that I email the one client back and forth for a really long time, but I also have the clients that I email, Hey, I'm missing a five by seven. I'm missing a, this and that, you know, like little tiny things. So I'm usually three or four of those emails that I go through, um, and then go into editing, whatever I have in my, my editing queue, Okay. Uh, turn on some music and go for it until lunchtime. And then. After that, you know, I usually like to, I'm a, I'm a constant learner. I love to, I need, con, I need constant, uh, what do you want to call it? Entertainment almost, I guess you would say and <laughs> yeah. learning. So then I'll pop into like blender. I've been learning like how to do 3d modeling and stuff like that. Hmm. So hopefully that'll help with the real estate stuff. You know, it's like, I'm always trying to figure out what we can do next. And, um, yeah. And usually about four or five, four o'clock, I'm usually out watching something on, Netflix. <laughs> so afternoons are dedicated to eight o'clock to what? Nine o'clock, maybe 10 o'clock. How long does emails that email time? I last? would say, yeah, emails is uh, on a good day, uh, an hour on a bad day. I could spend two hours on emails for sure. Okay. Answer, answering emails. Um, I would say that's probably the first person that I would hire in my business. Hmm. Um, I'm a one man show right now and hmm. I use technology to kind of help me keep that my my business lean. And then I hire out freelance photographers, you know, when I need to photograph, say a school, three or four people that day. Yeah. Um, but, um, for the most part, um, that was someone that I actually, that's something that I would, that I would love to have help with hmm. is, is that customer servicey, the, you know, I, I want to just photograph and be creative. I want somebody else to be like, yes, of course, miss, I will help you out with that eight by 10 and you know, all this kind of stuff. Not that I don't love talking to my clients. I, I mean, I love talking to everybody, honestly, well, probably too much, but you know, the, just the time aspect of it, I would rather 
be trying to go for the creative stuff than all the office office work, I guess you would call it. Okay. Uh, administrative stuff. And that's, you know, this is actually a really interesting question and really something we should start with. I'm glad you bring this up. You're wanting more space for creative time. Is that, would you say, kind of the primary goal here? Maybe not so much more time to work on building the business. Maybe the business is where you want it to be. It's more about the creative space. Um, no, it's, it's definitely, I would love more time for the business uh, building side of things. You know, the creative stuff is, it can be, can be put away. You know, it's always, you know, it's income first and then the fun stuff later, like the blender stuff and all that. But the getting down to being able to shoot more and edit less is really, you know, the, the biggest thing. Okay. So emails, we'll call it eight to nine, maybe eight to 10 editing the rest of the morning afternoons are kind of dedicated toward basically further education uh, yeah. around your craft. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So, I mean, just being an outsider, it doesn't sound like a super overwhelming workflow, super overwhelming day. You're just trying to get more off your plate, the stuff that you don't want to have to deal with, don't want to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm always looking for more work, of course, too. You know, I do, you know, I do this full time, um, of course. So I, um, but there's always times that I could be busier and there's, you know, the seasons, of course, like January right now is just completely dead almost, you know, there's, I probably have like four shoots on the calendar for January just, um, just because I'm not sure, but in, from August to December, it was full steam ahead through four, you know, mm. three or four shoots a week. Um, schools constantly, families constantly right now, what I'm getting is a ton of wedding inquiries, which is great. Um, so I think people are getting more excited about weddings this year and, and being able to have those again. We rescheduled all of my weddings in, during COVID and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is a whole nother topic. But, um, yeah, getting down the, again, getting down the wedding workflow. I can edit a wedding for two days, really, if I wanted to. But, you know, when I send it off to, uh, to you guys, it, 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 uh, it takes a lot off of my plate. That's for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah. Okay, so maybe just kind of taking it a step further then, of those components, and again, I, I'm just listening from the outside, I'm like, man, you actually have a lot of time here, you got a lot of flexibility, and just because we're not busy, um, actually it isn't even a bad thing, it's a pretty cool thing. As business owners, the ideal place that we could be in is to not have so many different moving parts to our business um, that we are overwhelmed, that we, that actually we have some, some space, some flexibility to be able to make decisions about how we can even better spend our time or allocate our time. Yeah. So I think you're in a yeah. really cool spot in that way. Um, what would you say well, is maybe the top, you already mentioned email, um, but what would you say overall are the top two or three most time consuming elements of that daily workflow? Um, I mean, editing is the, takes the most time completely you know, going photo by photo. And of course I use Lightroom and a breeze browser and a, you know, a couple of those other, um, I use a uh, post wand, which is like an AI calling tool, um, which is like the coolest tool I found this year, by the way, if we're, yeah. if we're listing programs here. Um, and, um, but, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing. And maybe I need to start over because I feel like most photographers, they they want to work 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 grind 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 all the time work all the time da, da, da. this is not my lifestyle yeah. i love i love having my time and i think a lot of people forget that 9 to 5 grind where you can actually i i can go travel somewhere for 2 days if i want to right now and be able to do what i want and that's the lifestyle that i love so as much as i love doing photography and it's fun i still like to minimize it to a time where I still have more for me. Yeah. And again, you beautifully summed up what the advantage or potential benefit or advantage of being a business owner is, is that if we structure our time well, we spend what time we are in involved in our business intelligently, we can actually have flexibility similar to what you're describing. And I've said this in the podcast before, having been a photographer, wedding photographer, and portrait photographer for over 10 years, I know from personal experience that the reality is even putting my head down and like working hard, I could easily run my business, especially in 2022, like you're saying with all the tools that we have, easily run my business in 20 hours a week. And, and again, that's not sitting on my butt and watching Netflix all day. That's 
getting the work done that I need to, that actually in, needs me involved, especially the networking, the relationships that will ultimately drive business. That's where I need to spend a lot of my, most of my time even. Even doing that 20, maybe some weeks, 30 hours a week. And this isn't, like you're saying, this isn't about just kind of sitting around it. I have more time now to, to give to other things that I want to do. There's this kind of a funny assumption, I think, in at least traditional culture, which is that you need to work 40 hours a week, or if you don't work you're 40 yeah. hours a week, you're lazy. <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird mentality. And it's really <clears throat> largely rooted in just tradition. It's what everybody does. It's what they're used to doing. Somebody who doesn't work, quote unquote, is, you know, some bum who is, is not putting their time and their effort and energy into life. And the reality is there's, there's a healthy in between somewhere that can be had. And so I, I actually, I, well, I, well, just very simply, I admire where you're at and that you have that kind of flexibility. You've got an established full-time business. The reality is, I, I mean, as I prep for this conversation, Ethan, honestly, I'm expecting like a list of 60, 80 different things that you're doing in a day. And, and immediately I'm able to just kind of break that down and pick it apart and say, okay, you need to get rid of this thing and we'll do this and not do this. And you're, you're actually at a really, really good spot. So we can still dig into it. We're going to, but props to you for creating that lifestyle. I think it's actually a really cool example for those of uh, those that are watching and listening in both. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, like I said, it is, it, uh, photography to me is, it is a lifestyle, you know, you have to live it. Like there, of course there are times almost all the time where I'm answering an email at 10 PM before I go to bed, laying in bed, you know, and, or, um, you know, as soon as I wake up in the morning, if I get a family portrait submission and it, you know, boom, boom, there's not times where I specifically cut off where I won't, you know, reply to a client or something like that. But if a client texts me at 10, 10 PM, probably won't respond to it. <laughs> Good day. call. Like, you know, we still have those, we, we're still humans. You know, we, we still have those little times where we need to put a, put a, put aside the work and everything. But again, like wealth is. Well, wealth can be money and wealth can be time. And mm -hmm. like, like we've been saying that the balance of it is amazing. And of course, busier is great. I love being busy too. Um, I've had those 60 hour weeks and you know, then the next couple of weeks after that, you take the breath and you chill for a little while and, um, you, you enjoy the family and your animals and everything. And, um, you know, that's, that's the goal here for me. And, um, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> well, again, I'm, this is, this is really cool actually that we're starting this series with a conversation with you. Um, a bit of an unusual example, but a wonderful example at that for our listeners, something maybe to strive for. And it's not about, I understand plenty of people may just enjoy the process of putting work in. And as long as that's not interfering with, um, certainly relationships, number one, or they're not somehow hiding behind work because there are other issues going on, then, you know, more power to them. But to your point, again, there's a lot more in life to, to, well, there is a lot more to life than just work. It's just that society, our culture, we've just gotten used to the notion that that's what we do all week, all day. And I don't think it has to be that way. So again, props to you for being that example for us. And it's kind of something to work toward, but let's actually dig into the components that are taking up the time. Um, and I want to start with email and, and feel free to share as much or as little information here as you'd like to. But when I hear and I'll go to the extreme example here just to, to, just for conversation purposes. I remember, especially back in the day when I was still photographing myself, um, not photographing myself, photographing weddings and portraits still, <laughs> uh, there were, I, I would hear photographers talk about email. We would go to WPPI, a conference, for example, and, and I, I would hear, they, they're like, oh, I'm going to get back to, you know, 6,000 email or 3,000. I've got 2,000 email in my inbox. And there are immediately just kind of internal questions going on having, I mean, being the nerd that I am and having spent a lot of time on refining workflow, knowing, I mean, being CEO, one of the owners of a multimillion dollar company has worked with thousands of photographers and it literally takes, I don't know, 20 minutes to get through my inbox on a daily basis. We're, we're talking, there's just no need to spend that much time. Now I have to give major props as well to my team because there's no way that we can run this big of a company with, without a, right. an amazing team involved. So that got to right. be very, very clear about that. But when it comes to email management specifically, I know that it's not just about team. A lot of it is about kind of mindset and then principles applied to managing email that will help minimize the time necessary to be in that email. 
whether that's getting rid of email that don't make sense, that they're really very simply that are not important to my goals personally or professionally, they're not necessary. The reality is most people kind of just, they're like, you know, delete, delete, or they kind of scroll past it. They get to the next email that does actually matter. They'll play with that. The other email stays in the inbox. Now they continue that cycle and they've got a thousand email in their inbox for just as an yeah, example. Yeah. So it's, it's email that, that <clears throat> is not important to the goals that we're trying to accomplish. And, um, and then some, and many of those, most of those can be unsubscribed from it's not done. And then there are some emails that could potentially be minimized if we were to improve the information and really, I guess, very simply the expectation management process that we provide right. for our clients, uh, whether it's a potential client or an existing client, there's, there's a big piece of that. And then there's also an opportunity to take advantage of some automation through a CRM or something comparable um, for the for the process of scheduling clients, also for the process of giving clients information, responding to clients after hours, et cetera, that we can also leverage that many times aren't being leveraged. So there are a number of potential possibilities for time management there when it comes to email. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that for you, Ethan, I'm saying it kind of for the conversation at oh, large Oh yeah, here. of course, of course. And in fact, I mean, uh, uh, speaking of, of making appointments and stuff like that, I do all that myself. I have a Google calendar, I type it all in. Mm -hmm. If you have suggestions for um, a great calendar system, uh, like an all-in-one, you know, I do my books over here, I do my calendar over here, mm. I do Square up here, I do website down here, you know, so, um, 12 different subscriptions to different things, like um, condensing all that into something would be yeah. um, a miraculous tool. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is, yeah, the, 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 the one-stop shops are always nice, right? Well, right. Um, oh. So yeah, let's, let's talk about a couple of tools here real quick, and then we'll get into the email piece of the conversation. So, uh, when it comes to, to scheduling the, the tool that has saved me the most time over the years, and you actually used it when you scheduled this particular podcast interview was is Calendly. Um, and for anybody listening in or watching it's C A L E N D L Y.com. And by the way, for those of you live streaming, we would normally be popping this up on screen. Apologies, brand new computer and <laughs> the computer or actually the software is not allowing me to share my screen at the moment. So, but it's C A L E N D L Y.com Calendly take a little bit. Of, and, and actually the good point to note here about anything work related workflow related, it takes a little bit of time to set up. So Calendly their user interface, they've continued to improve, but there are some moving parts in there. So it takes a little bit of time to set up some of the auto responders, um, and you know, the parameters for your schedule. For example, I have a dedicated schedule specific to podcast interviews. So when I send somebody a link to schedule a podcast interview, they're not able to book a podcast interview every day, all week long, all hours of the day. I've set parameters within which they're able to schedule those interviews. Um, I've done something similar with coffee meetings, for example. That's another option on my calendar. I can send my calendar. Somebody can book a coffee meeting here locally in the Chattanooga area where I live. And I've created parameters for that. Same kind of thing for phone calls, et cetera. So that has saved me a mind blowing amount of time. And I started using it probably, I don't know, five, six years ago, maybe more. The amount of back and forth that you have to do when you're like, Hey, are you available for this date? And then the other yeah. person responds and they're like, yep. uh, that might work, but I've got this thing going on. What about this time? And you have this, you know, 10 minute, 15, 20 minute, multi-day back and forth. That is just absolutely unnecessary when you have a tool like Calendly. So that's a, that's just as a standalone solution and service. That would be the first one I'd recommend. Cool. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, I actually have it up right here, so I'll be cool. looking at it afterwards. Well, and, it, and it's yeah. as a I mean, it cost, and this is the other thing, you know, we talk about all these solutions that are in existence at this point. The cool thing, really, really cool thing is a lot of these solutions are either free or cost very little. So Calendly, for example, has a free option, and then they've got the paid option. Even the paid option, I, I think I pay for the highest option. One of the highest options is like 10 or 15 bucks a month. So the amount of time that I spend or that I save even just and one interaction is worth the $10 that I spent for the whole month. And then you multiply that out. I use a tool, this little side note, I use a tool called text expander. I, I know that there are comparable tools for windows as well. I, the text expander is, I, I believe is P or Mac specific, but I, it actually has, what it does is it saves me from having to type out the same thing all the time. I use it to type signatures and emails, for example. And it's cool because it actually tracks the amount of minutes and then hours over time that the tool has saved me. And I wish Calendly did that because I can only imagine, I mean, the days, maybe even weeks worth of time at this point that it's already saved me. It's, it's really, really cool stuff. Nice. 
Nice. Very cool. I'll start with that. The other thing that I would, I'll go ahead and ask now, and this is relevant to probably our conversation at large, and that is CRM, right? Have you're using a CRM of any kind at this point? Um, the, the big thing that I'm using right now is, I mean, for like invoices and everything, I'm just using square and then for, for, a, for a website, I'm using Squarespace, but not a CRM as far as like, uh, like a Salesforce sort of deal. Is that what you're, um, I guess I'm, I'm not sure what a CRM is and it is. So ex please do explain. <laughs> yeah. So this is the, and the cool thing is when it comes to email, we'll talk about what your email looks like, how it would break down percentage wise, like email, this kinds of emails, these types of emails. But when it comes to workflow and especially managing and ultimately automating in many cases, communication with clients, a CRM customer relationship manager, uh, there are a number of these, a very, very large number of them actually in the world at large. Uh, there are a number of them even just specific to the photography industry. And I'm gonna recommend a couple here, but these tools uh, that I'm gonna recommend, these two companies, and I, I'm sure there are others that, are, that have similar offerings, but they not only help you set up workflows and part of that workflow or those workflows are automating the communication with your clients uh, via the messaging system, giving them pricing information, et cetera. Not only that, but they also have some of the financial management component built in as well invoicing, tracking your, your income, uh, and so forth. So taking advantage of a tool like that, that kind of has all of that built into it and just being able to go to one place for all of it. Again, I, I'll stress this for everybody listening and watching too. These tools take time to set up and you know, whether it's a, a day or a couple of days or a weekend or something like that, taking the time, investing that means, yeah, it's tedious, kind of annoying, frustrating, up front, but the amount of time that it saves and the freedom that it gives you, Ethan, as you're describing, uh, down the road is incredible. So the first one that I'm going to throw out there, and I'm not meaning to put these in any particular order, uh, one is HoneyBook. And um, by the way, none of these companies that we're mentioning, I will mention them, or I will mention that they're sponsoring if they are if they are sponsoring us, but none of these companies sponsors. I'm just throwing these out there uh, based on my understanding and experience. But HoneyBook is one, and. I so wish I could share my screen. I didn't realize that feature was turned off today. But I, I, when I go to honeybook.com, for anybody listening in or watching, I'll just describe this. When you click on features, it, it says proposals, uh, online invoices, online payments, scheduling, automation, online contracts, features, uh, excuse me, fe oh, features overview is one of the pages, but online contracts. So you get a lot just there. And then the other one that I'm going to mention uh, is Shootproof. And Shootproof, again, has galleries built in. They are now tied to, they acquired a company called, it was a CRM called Tave, T-A-V-E, and they're tied into Tave as well. So you've got this really powerful platform that will help you manage Shootproof in, in particular, gallery option, um, and then the CRM and financial management component through Tave. And again, you essentially have a one-stop shop there, which is just super, super powerful. Shoot proof, yeah, that's a, that's. A, I've heard of both of those, and they're. Um, I haven't dug into them, but um, that sounds like something I've been looking for, honestly. Highly recommend. Yeah. Um, Honeybook, in particular, just for point of conversation, I'm always looking for a simple solution, and uh, I think I think good design and ultimately great user experience is really important when it, when it comes to a conversation about managing time well, and so to that end. Uh, HoneyBook, my experience looking at their interface has been, I, I've just been impressed by how much they're able to offer through an interface that is not overwhelming. A lot of photographers, especially those that aren't super tech savvy, they, they get into a platform. And by the way, this is still myself included. I kind of tend to play dumb when, I, when I'm looking at user experience. Um, and, and so I easily get annoyed. But nonetheless, any of us get into a super busy, super complex system and it's overwhelming. We tend to procrastinate setting it up because it's, it's too time consuming and tedious. And obviously that's helping nobody. So HoneyBook, I will say, and, and I haven't been in Shootproof uh, as of late, but Honey, HoneyBook um, had, the last time I looked, had a, just a beautifully simple interface. It wasn't confusing what you were trying to do or get done or where to go next. And I really love that. So two options there, Honeybrew, uh, HoneyBook, Shootproof. And by the way, anybody listening in or watching, feel free to comment your suggestions uh, in the comments as well. Don't be shy. But yeah, Ethan, those are a couple that I would I would recommend right off the bat that would essentially take care of everything that you're talking about all in one, basically one cool. place. That's awesome. That's that's really awesome. And we in, in a sense, it's it's kind of funny. We'll talk about email in more detail. We'll talk about editing briefly. But um, if you set up, if you go and you set up Shootproof and Tabe as, as an example, 
you're most of what you're talking about at this point is taken care of that you're, you're kind of the pain points in your business as grandiose a workflow as you've already set up. Again, I'm super impressed with it. Um, that hour or two of emails a day comes down to, you know, maybe 15 minutes a day. Um, just by automating a lot of the, the communication process with your clients. And just to be clear, I never personally want to let automation take over my businesses because I always want that personal element and right, relationship right, right, of right. some kind. I'm not going to be best friends with everybody, but I want some type of personal touch to the businesses that I create. Even photographers edit as big as it is, I, I still want a personal element. And we stress that with our team. So I don't think that we have to go into robotic mode with these tools. I think there are ways to personalize some of the automated emails. And then you still have the opportunity, especially now that you've freed up a bunch of time with the kind of tedious stuff, you have the opportunity to, to create more personalized individual communication, um, you know, writing cards, meeting somebody for coffee, these types of things that really personalize the experience even more. Yeah. I mean, personal, like, um, I mean, I've always looked at photography as kind of a sales job too. Like I, I, I mean, I love people just ge in general. I love yeah. meeting people, talking to people. Um, you know, family atmosphere is, is where I thrive. So, you know, talking to really pulling information out of people as we photograph and them kind of clicking and realizing, oh my God, this guy isn't a camera. He's actually a person. And then that's when you get that real interaction and that real genuine smile. And, um, you know, and I, and I do that. I want that with my emails, you know, I'm, hello, sir. How are you? Have a great day. I, you know, Hey man, it's great to hear from you. How are you? You know, the, yeah. that little personal thing is yep. like, oh yeah, this guy's not a robo. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so it's like, um, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and uh, those one-stop shop things are just are where it's at. They're huge. And again, and I'll say this over and over again, because I know a lot of photographers don't go and set them up because it's time consuming to set them up. Some more so than others. <laughs> hey, I feel ding, you. Ding, ding, ding. Anything that I think is going to take a long time to, to do, in most cases, I have a very bad tendency. I'm, I'm improving, but I have a bad tendency of, of putting it off. So I, I feel your pain. But if, if, we set, if we take the time, whether it's a day or two or whatever it is, to set that up, and, and probably I would assume both those companies have resources that will help you do just that, whether it's individuals or video tutorials or otherwise, um, they they will help you get that set up. And ultimately what you have then is a tool that is helping you automate and ultimately streamline your workflow in a significant way, whether it's communication or invoicing or otherwise. And man, it's worth the couple of days to set it up because now you've got you know, that much more time, 20, 30, 40% more time in your day because you're not have to manage a lot of that kind of busy work. Uh, I'll put it yeah. in air quotes, busy work. Stuff that still has to be done, but doesn't necessarily require your involvement in every little tiny piece, little no. step of the way. Um, so yeah. let me jump to the email conversation, though. And again, part of this is is just hopefully that I can help you in some way, but also just for everybody listening in or watching as well. But I'm curious if you were to break down, and this is a super nerdy question, but if you were to look at your email inbox when you first open it in the morning, how would you break down what's in that? Like, is it 20% client communication, 30%, you know, emails from photographers edit of <laughs> uh, 50 percent whatever like how would you how would oh, you, you wish 50 percent of my <laughs> inbox no that'd be awesome no I, i'd send it to you and if i had it it's all yours bro um yeah i would say um honestly the one thing i've been doing i had this my writer photo email um is i had some subscriptions locked to it for like every try you know try this 14 day trial photo thing da -da 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 -da. And so for like a month now, I've just been going through each one, unsubscribe, 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 just so I can literally the only emails I get in there are, you know, hey, are you available this date? Or, you know, I still get the, uh, hey, I have a clipping path company, want to, you know, send me all your works type, yeah. type stuff. And, yeah. and that's fine, you know, but um, I would say still probably 60% of the stuff is subscriptions from every photo thing ever. And then probably 20% would be inquiries. And then the other 20% would be um, actually probably 40% inquiries, 60% junk. Okay. And so let's take the junk first of all. We'll get to the inquiries in just a second. I'm going to throw another tool out there for you right off the bat that's going to basically save that 60% of your email time, the hour or two hours that you spend a day. Uh, and, and that is a tool called unroll.me. And by the way, there, there are, I'm sure, multiple other options. This is just a tool that I've personally used and have seen work. 
unroll.me. Be very yeah, particular in how cool. you set it up um, and make sure that you're not filtering out stuff that you don't want filtered out. But rather than having to manually go through and unsubscribe from, you know, whatever it might be, two, 300 subscriptions over time or even more, this system right here will speed that process up significantly. You can literally just go through and you know, click unsubscribe, just go down the row. And what you can do is you can have it set up. I mean, you can certainly unsubscribe or get rid of those emails that are not relevant to what it is you're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> the other thing though, I, I can, what I would suggest doing is there's a tool there. I think they call it their roll up and you can actually have them just send you, I think it's just one email a day as a summary of the, the subscription notifications or emails that you've gotten from these various companies. If you still wanna see what's coming in, fine, but you get a summary rather than having 50 emails talking about it, oh, if that makes legit. sense. Oh, that's very, yeah. No, honestly, yeah, that would save, honest, probably I spent maybe 15 minutes going through and deleting <laughs> all my stuff. You know, I, yeah. Now that I get on, so I was thinking, oh my God, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna save so much time. And now that I'm explaining how much actually time, time I work, I feel kind of bad that I'm like, Hey, tell me how to do all this stuff better. And uh, I feel like I'm really not spending as much time as other photographers would be. Um, I don't say that to like, yeah, I don't say that to brag, but I just no. say that to, I didn't realize how streamlined we can, you know, we, there's still room to streamline always, right? 100%. Improvement, improvement, improvement all the way. Um, but, uh, and again, I love that you're still that you're still doing that, despite the fact that you actually have quite a bit of flexibility. But yeah, that tool is is really good. You may be spending 15 minutes a day doing that. Um, the the reality is that you know there are a lot of photographers are probably easily spending an hour or two a week just managing junk mail, maybe even more than yeah, that, and yeah. just in a week, because they've not taken the time to kind of get rid of the stuff that's not necessary. So. Uh, of course, there are different there are ways to set up different emails for specific reasons, et cetera. But for the for the time being, I also don't like to add too many email addresses. If you've got one main email that most things come to, if you run it through that service, Unroll.me, which by the way, as I've used it anyway, is free, no charge. Uh, it's it's super powerful and um, highly recommend that. So that'll save you a lot of time there. And then talk to me about the inquiries. What what are those conversations? The incoming uh, conversations yeah, so coming like or sound that's, like? That's a great question. Um, so I have um, everything. My website is set up on um, on Squarespace, and I have just a little on my front page. I have a little fill out that says first name, last name, type of shoot that you're interested in, and it has a breakdown of weddings, families, X, Y, Z, kiddos, all that stuff, um, and then a little spot for notes, like anything else that you need special help with or notes you'd like me to know, um, and then I have a suggested date at the bottom. Um, and then they send that off to me and that usually gives me most of the information that I need. Like one just came in that family portrait or email address, phone number, suggested date, and then the description of what they're going to do. And then I usually reply with that. Hey, thank you so much. But each thing I, each email I reply is individual, uh, individualized, right? So it's not like I have a, a robot that automatically responds to them saying, thank you for your inquiry, you know, X, Y. And Z. So I think that's something that I've always looked into doing too. But um, if you have any suggestions, of course, I'll, I'll take them. But um, yeah, each email I respond and each email probably takes, tw I, I spend 15 to 20 minutes really, you know, typing it up and making sure they know. And, and uh, do I book all of them? Of course not. Right. Sure. And realistically, probably four out, four out of 10, you know, um, and um uh, that's also been messing with the pricing scale and and um, realizing being out of the Bay Area is a little bit different pricing scale out here too and For sure. all that kind of stuff. So like regional pricing is is something that kind of I didn't really realize until I got out here. Um, and um, but I, you know absolutely love where I am now. But um, yeah, so uh, any suggestions you have as far as like automatic res email response or. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, you know, I wonder, and, and again, this isn't just for you. I'm thinking in, out loud here, especially if I were to, and I, I may be exploring this again in the near future uh, for another project, but if, if I were to even start up a photography business again, you know, what would that look like? And when I think about communication, um, and, and we have to think about this and continue to refine it for Photographer's Edit, for example. When I think about the information that I really not even just information, general expectations management. I use that phrase earlier and we talk about that a decent amount on the podcast. 
I, I, thinking about the process of communication as it relates to expectations management, information about our process, pricing information, uh, what are the even what are next steps once you book? What does it look like after that? Um, right, what does it right. look like to get the finished product? Any part of the the workflow associated with like if I were to start my company up again, Holbert's Photography, if I were to start that up again, what would that what would I need to communicate to that potential client so that they have a complete picture? And and here's the key in, in relation to our conversation so that I don't have to manually send all that information in the email. Right. Um, if I have if I have guided them, if I've created this user journey through my website and by the way, speaking of user journey, I'll just throw out a little book here. Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller. Have you ever heard of that book? I have not. Marketing Made Simple. I'm going to go buy it on Amazon right now. <laughs> okay. So Building a Story Brand is a, is a book that maybe you've heard about before. We've talked about quite a bit on the podcast. A follow-up that Donald wrote, and it's an amazing book. A follow-up to that that Donald wrote incorporates some of the, the principles of building a story brand in it. But Marketing Made Simple makes it even more practical and tangible to the extent that he talks about how to set up a website and having worked with countless businesses and especially businesses that have been quite successful over time donald's able to communicate these principles that have worked really really well for other businesses have worked well for their own company um, and at this point i don't know how many million dollar company he's got but it's uh, it, these principles are, are straightforward simple easy to apply to a website and ultimately to a business and i'd highly recommend that because one of the things he does discuss is that user journey the user experience when they land on your site it's easy as photographers just to be like i need to show them a few pretty pictures maybe a link to pricing and then a contact page so that they can ask me more questions and the reality is that we could create a really great user experience for our clients that first of all brings a ton of clarity about what our brand is about what the process is and what the next step is. And through that, uh, kind of bringing it back to our conversation, I think there's an opportunity for you to be able to communicate pretty much everything that you would want to create or to communicate in that first 15, 20 minute email. You could put that information on the website. So that now what happens is, and, and I don't know the, the kind of nitty gritty details of, of the automation process that HoneyBook and ShootProof or Tave currently have in place. Uh, but I do know that you have the ability to build into that automated communication information about your services and potentially even the booking process where you can you can show or share the dates that you have available, whether it's for you know a school shoot or a wedding or a portrait session, what you have available, and they could potentially even book you without a conversation. When I think about the, the, the relationship that I want to build with a client, it depends on the business model, but a lot of that conversation is going to happen on the back end anyway after I've booked the client and I meet them in person or photographing them in person. Some photographers like to meet for coffee or a meal or something like that, but I'm not trying to do all of that via an email. Right, immediately right. what I want to do is communicate or manage their expectations about the process, about the brand, the process and the pricing. And I communicate that to them clearly through the website. And really at this point, it's left to them. They've seen my portfolio is on there as well. It's left up to them to go and say, does this make sense for me? Maybe they want to jump on a phone call and that's fine. At that point, they can schedule a phone call through a, a yeah, scheduling right, system right, right. or they can they can email you and you've got some automated responses set up to uh, to handle that basic information so that you don't have to do as much of that up front does that make sense yeah yeah no that's amazing I, you know the the scheduling a phone call really uh took a ding with me um to be able to put on the website that's a really good takeaway um and uh, being able to streamline everything so you don't have to have those three four five paragraph things what i really like to do with my clients is um, if they're coming to me, they've already seen my work, right? It's on my website. They go, okay, let's just see. And I, I have pricing on the website too. So A, they know what my stuff looks like. B, they can obviously afford it because they saw the pricing on the site. Now it's the personal connection, yeah. right? So um, the email response thing is great. And sometimes when I go, if you... When you would like to solidify everything, please send me a text at da da da. And I feel like the text thing, a I get the phone number for when we have to meet somewhere and communicate and all that kind of stuff. But b I feel like it's a little bit more personal than an email. I don't know. It's still text. It's still just code on a computer. But um, being like giving them your phone number is like a little more trusting from them. I guess it's like it's not just some email person. Like sure. I can call this guy and everything and then you know 
once I get there, we've had that kind of text conversation. I can kind of go through my text and be like, all right, what were the kiddos' names? What were it's like? So all my little notes are on here instead of in my email, and um, yeah, and that's where that's where I really start to ask the nitty gritty questions. Is once we select, oh, okay, so now that I have your deposit, what are your kiddos' names? Are you bringing a dog? You know, all that kind of that kind of stuff. Well, and, and you could potentially, I mean, that, that might end up feeling impersonal as automating even something, some of the collection of that information. Um, what, what might be the time-saving opportunity here is twofold. One, essentially take advantage of everything built into one of these two systems that I just recommended to you, and it's going to probably automate most of what we just talked about. Combine that with a, a bit stronger expectation management process and user journey through your website. And now you've knocked out 50, 60, maybe even 70% of what it is that you've been describing is involved in the email process. Right. You could essentially nix 80, 90% of the, the necessary emails at that point. And speaking of user journey, guide them to scheduling that phone call. Are you interested in booking now? Click here to book now. And you would, they would just use this, the automated system to book. Wow. Or would you like to schedule a call before you make a decision? Click here to give me a call now, and that, that would schedule them for a call. That's now taken away the need for, again, 80%, 90% of your emails and would really streamline the process. And it doesn't take away the personal nature because they're going to get on a phone call with you and still have that conversation. Right, right. I love it. That's a beautiful suggestion, my friend. Beautiful. Cool. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited with you because I mean, here's the thing again, like you've already got such a streamlined workflow. The fact that you could even further streamline it is, is pretty cool, but I, let's get to the editing component. And I know this is cool. kind of an obvious conversation with me being an editing company owner. I'm not going to even mention photographers edit from this second forward. Cause I, I the last thing that I want is for this to be a sales pitch. I, I want to think Send about all this. your wedding stuff to photographers edit. Okay, go on. <laughs> My bad. Thanks for the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> go to photographersedit.com. Uh, but in all seriousness, we're going to leave that out of the conversation for the time being. I'm just thinking about this from a time management standpoint. And you know, whether yeah. you do this with my company or another company or an in-house editor or otherwise, I know from personal experience, again, it's actually part of why I started, I won't say the name, the company. Um, but <laughs> as a wedding photographer, as many as 30 or 40 weddings a year, and I had a pretty decent workflow down, but the, the editing piece of it was just maddening to me. Um, oh, partially because I'm a little bit OCD too. So there was all that was playing in. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't want to continue to have to deal with this thing. And the reality is I didn't need to be editing the work for it to look good. I knew what I wanted. I could give that to somebody else to get it done. And I could go focus on doing the things that actually mattered, like having those in-person conversations. And I've said this before in the podcast, but we were shooting seven to $10,000 weddings kind of the second toward the, the end of our career. And in a small market like Chattanooga, and wow, this is beautiful. a lot, if not most of that business came through a, a relationship that we had with a wedding coordinator uh, for, for a good component of, of the time that we ran one wedding coordinator. Now, certainly referrals from clients and, and elsewhere. So relationships in general were at the center of it. But a coordinator, if I'm spending is some photographers are telling me and I want to get your take on this, too. But some photographers are telling me for a wedding, for example, they'll spend, you know, anywhere from on a super conservative side, eight hours. Uh, to 16, 20 hours, and in many cases, much more than that, editing weddings. Sometimes it's all kind of grouped together in one, one package of time. Other times it's broken up over the week or a couple of weeks or multiple weeks. And, yeah. and it's just such a time-consuming, the most time-consuming element of running a photography business. So if I'm talking about time savings, the first thing I'm going to go to is editing. And mm -hmm. the natural question that I have for you first is how much time is it taking, like added up over time, um, what percentage of your work week is editing? And then, and then two, why aren't you outsourcing all of it? <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, so, um, on the editing side of things, um, I was kind of the in-house editor for my previous photographer that I had, um, that I had worked for. And so before all this automatic stuff was there, I was the guy doing it. So yeah. now that this automatic stuff is here, I've been super excited and I've used quite a few different products and tested them all out um and um but i you know i only i shoot probably eight weddings a year so i'm, I'm not at that 30 weddings a year thing i like I, you know i like my weekends um and stuff like that but um i definitely would love to get to 30 i wouldn't i would not um deny 30 weddings a year but anyway um i would say on a busy week so let's say the busiest week in october you got two weddings on opposite sundays you got a couple schools in between the days yeah you know, Monday I'm, I'm waking up, I'm downloading 
an eight-hour weddings, like 2,400 photos probably with all the assistant stuff. That takes, with the new computer, that takes 15 minutes just to download everything, right? And then um, get them up in, I use Breeze browser, this really cool, fast, you can see raw images, you can flag them really quickly. You don't have to upload everything into Lightroom with this gigantic catalog and then have to delete half of the catalog. So um, throw them up in Breeze browser, check all the ones that I want, whether they're perfectly edited or not, and then throw them into Lightroom. Probably spend, you know, on, a, on an eight-hour wedding, you'll probably get 500 digital images from me in my wedding package. Um, those 500 images, I'll spend probably like two-hour chunks throughout a week or two. To edit those and I'll do like a I'll do like the girls getting ready put it away boys getting ready put it away you know that way um, the tired eye and the and the impatience won't start to affect you know your editing later on throughout the throughout the wedding so um, it's definitely a edit here put away edit here put away um, but sometimes that can take uh, like four or five weeks you know, because in during the busy season, we have a 300 kid school that we got to deal with and another yeah. 200 kid school to deal with. And like the schools, um, you know, maybe like right now, it sounds like I'm I'm really chilling just in my house. But, you know, <laughs> during October, it, it is the 60 hour weeks. It is the, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. to get to a school two hours away, photograph 300 kids in four hours, yep. come back, download all the images, going through 10,000 kid images that's insanity that's the editing that um you know some of the the a the automatic editors like uploading ten thousand photos to be able to be edited would take forever just to upload and then um the cost behind editing ten thousand photos is pretty rough so that's where i found another cooling software called um post pro wand and it finds blurry photos and little things like that and it just cuts them all out for you um, and it probably cuts like 30% of the images out. I've been messing with that um, this year, and that helps out a lot. So all in all, a wedding, I know this is a long story. All in all, a wedding, I probably spend, yeah, 8 to 10 hours editing okay. a wedding myself. If I send it off, see ya, done. An hour, you know, downloading and sending it off to somebody. And, I, of course, I always look through after I get it from um, an editing software or um editing company I'll go through and I'll still do my little tweaks you know it's not always like you know no one has your eye so it but it's it's pretty pretty close pretty darn close um so yeah and I know oh go ahead no please go ahead I was gonna say uploading the the example photos to those websites really helps a lot because then they can see your your style shadowing all that kind of stuff so yeah go ahead yeah, no, it's 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 important. I mean, I, I understand the significance of matching an editing style. That's something that uh, we've placed a lot of kind of priority on with our company as well. And but I, I guess I'm going back to the if, if you're eight to ten hours times, let's say eight weddings a year, um, that's you know that's a couple of work weeks for you. The way that you work, maybe even three work weeks, and so that that would be a lot of time savings for you know a couple hundred bucks here and there, or even less depending on how many you're sending in. Um, yeah. it, it actually would be less than that. 500 images. By the way, kudos to you for that too because photographers are, are giving way, way, way too many images to too clients. Many. I, I think at this point, um, I mean, to each his own, but it, there is, at least from my perspective, and again, having photographed weddings, I, I started in film where you, just because of cost, you were limited and right, then moved to digital. Right. So I understand the, the so-called advantages to that. But the reality is a client misses out on it's and it's kind of ironic, actually. Photographers put so much emphasis on their so-called style and the importance of their style and how that relates to their brand and whether or not their client's going to be happy. And then they dump a thousand images or fifteen hundred images into that client's lap. And the reality is they're only going to halfway pay attention to 90 percent of those. They're going to look at a couple of them a little bit more closely. And you just spent how much time? going through all of those images, literally weeks images? in most cases. Yeah, it's just, so it doesn't make no sense. Way. 500 images, great, that's, that's great because now the client can actually appreciate the work that you're doing. Whether you're editing yourself, how dare you, or you're, you're outsourcing that editing work, it's, it, the cost is less, whether it's time or money or a combination of both. And so I think that's a really important, just general workflow principle for photographers to keep in mind. Shoot less, shoot better, and, and give your client a way better finished product, also save time and money in, in the meantime. But yeah, there's a, 
I, I won't kind of belabor this point. There's an opportunity there for you to save two, three works, uh, weeks worth of work time outsourcing that editing. Add a Definitely. couple ex extra hundred dollars onto whatever your wedding packages are. Cover the cost. Do that, and and you'll be set. And it's and honestly, it's really simple to do. Do that. Yeah. The school photography is an interesting one because uh, are you doing extractions work or just color correction or what does that look like? Yeah, the um, school stuff I shoot just due to due to the amount of kiddos that we have. It's all medium JPEGs, very small. So our exposures are very, um, it's, you know, it's crucial to have everything exposed perfectly um, in camera. So um, really what I'm calling out is blinks, you know, ten, tongue sticking out, uh, a blurry photo from a, cam, you know, from a photographer, a little camera shake, stuff like that. Um, and that's where that other little AI program that I used helped out a little bit. Sure. Uh, was with the blurry stuff. But, um, you know, nothing better than an actual person's eye going through it all. Um, but Well, and, yeah, calling pro – I mean, when you're talking – by the way, I, I photographed for LifeTouch portraits years ago. So I know what it's oh, like to cool, do their early cool. mornings and set up and photograph oh, man. just <laughs> yeah. child after child after child. Yeah, I, I know the process. Um, and, and to that end, I, I would assume that you're in a similar situation and that each picture is – set up and framed almost identically certainly lit the same way shot after shot after shot so yeah the yeah. post-production the actual post-production work there are, are you saying the majority of that time is goes to culling and not necessarily the actual processing of the image or what does that look like yeah yeah most i would say most of it most of the time on editing the students is the culling process because when everything's exposed i'll throw um you know a filter in lightroom on it just sure. to sharpen them up to contrast them kids don't need facial retouching stuff i never i never retouch kiddos faces just because yeah. it's usually not anything you have to do um so yeah i would say 90 percent of that is the calling the calling part calling 10,000 images is just mind melting <laughs> That is, that is a lot of images, and I, I, we won't get into details about how much you're charging for those services, but when you're thinking about 10,000 images, as you pointed out, um, again, for a wedding or portrait photographer, no questions asked. The, the you know, few cents that you would spend to outsource even the culling process. Most of our clients outsource the, the custom color correction piece to match their editing style. They do the calling themselves. We have some clients who do have us do the calling as well. Regardless, wedding and portrait photographers, really no reason not to outsource that stuff. 10,000 images, um, this is where it does make sense to take advantage of, of AI. And I've seen some of this AI, uh, the AI tools out there, um, a couple in particular that I've, I've spent a little bit of time with. And um, it, it's impressive at times what they can do. Uh, it's not as impressive at times what they could do, especially like you said, when it comes to the end of in comparison to what an individual editor, a trained editor can do. Uh, but when it, we're talking 10,000 images, if you're able to cut off 30, 40% of your workload at that point, that, that makes sense. Um, the caveat again being, and I've seen this kind of across the board so far, there's always that I still have to go back and look at this now. Whereas yeah. when you're delegating that to an individual, um, right. less likely yeah. that, 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 that happens. But, um, I, I see the point again, I won't belabor the point here about outsourcing <laughs> editing, but, um, I see what you're saying though, as far as the, the time savings that come from a tool like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I would not be able to go image by image. Like my old, my old photographer buddies that started on film. I have so much respect for wedding film photographers. Uh, praise to you guys. Cause <laughs> it's in, that's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I, yeah. Well, it, it sounds, it, if, if anything is going to take time, um, your time, the majority of your time, it sounds like it would be more the post-production on the wedding work. And we can talk separately off, off air about this and can kind of get you help set up with that a little bit more. But um, anybody listening in or watching, whether it's my company or another one out there, get rid of that thing that is the most time-consuming element of your business. I mean, even Ethan's amazing workflow here that he's describing today, the majority of it still is post-production. The email is a little bit of it and it's, and it's editing. Uh, for those of you listening or watching, look for opportunities to, to just bump your pricing up just a little bit so it gives you the opportunity to cover the cost of that that editing work by a company or an individual and save that time because what that then frees you up to do is what i was describing earlier i still think for an individual a sole proprietor 
individual photographer, it's relationships. Whether you're developing a relationship with a school in your area or you're developing a relationship with a wedding coordinator or you're going to a local kids boutique to develop a relationship with them, put some prints up there. And now the, the, the client's coming in there like, oh my word, who's this photographer photographing these kids in your clothes? Uh, we want that. And you've literally start old business that way. My, my, my business, former business partner essentially did that. And it was, it was crazy. Beautiful. But once, once word of mouth started to get around that, you know, this family got photographed by Amber, then it was like, oh, you need to have her do this thing too. And it just it built from there. But it was, it was really about relationships at that point, freeing ourselves up from the busy work, whether it's editing or email management or otherwise, so that we can focus our time on relationships is really where it's at at the end. And I think it's a great way to kind of close out the conversation today, Ethan. I, I really appreciate Definitely. you sharing your insight and your perspective and your example even. I think it's been really thank great. You, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you having me on here and I, uh, and you know, every little, every little bit counts and every little thing helps. I've got four or five tabs up here that I'm gonna go research for the rest of the day. And, um, and I appreciate all your insight and, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit afterwards on the wedding editing side. And um, thanks for having me. Everyone have a great day. And remember, take time for yourself today. Take a little self-care for you. Yeah, there, man, you should be the podcast host, man. You got like you got this beautiful way of closing out the show. <laughs> it's really great. And in all seriousness, for everybody listening in, we will list all the resources that we discussed today in the show notes, bocapodcast.com, or you can go to youtube.com or facebook.com slash bocapodcast and uh, look for show notes there as well. I, I did get a note from our producer that we may not have pushed out to Facebook today. Again, some tech issues. It's just been one of those days. Uh, at the very least, youtube.com slash bocapodcast or just bocapodcast.com. Uh, photographersedit.com. Um, I'll, I'll leave the commercial at that. I'll pop it up on there in the screen even. Uh, photographersedit.com for those of you listening in or watching or curious. And uh, Ethan, thanks once again for all your time, for sharing um, your perspective and, and your process as well. Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate you so much, man.